Before we get into today's show, I just wanted to let you know about our new podcast that I'm so excited about called Mindbenders. It's a podcast about stories of synchronicity that can bend minds. You can find Mindbenders podcast at Spotify, Apple podcast, and mindbenderspodcast.com. Submit your mind-bending story today by emailing us at mindbenders at path11productions.com or by calling us. Leave your story on our voicemail. It's okay if it's a long one. We'll call you back. 1-323-713-1113. Again, that's 1-323-713-1113. Also, the 2020 Virtual Afterlife Awareness Conference has ended, but the replays are still available at path11productions.com slash ac2020. For $129, you can watch just over 17 hours of streamed videos from professionals including Robert Moss, Austin Wells, Edie Nathan, Brian Smith, and Daniel 4 PhD, just to name a few of the presenters. Visit path11productions.com slash AC2020 to see the complete list. Topics include dealing with grief, working with death doulas, psychic children, and suicide. These videos won't last forever, but they can be watched anytime at your convenience until September 30th, 2020. Visit path11productions.com slash AC2020 for all the information. And if you haven't seen our documentaries yet, the Path Series Trilogy, you can watch all three for free at Gaia.com. Just sign up for their one-week free trial. You can cancel at any time and watch The Path Afterlife, The Path Beyond the Physical, and The Path Evolution. Oh, and before we get into our show, I wanted to remind you to use your 25% off discount code PATH2PORTAL, all caps, PATH, the number two portal, path to portal at reconnection.com for trainings by Dr. Eric Pearl. They absolutely loved being on our show and they wanted to give back to our listeners. So you guys are lucky and are getting 25% off if you go to their website, reconnection.com. All of these links are listed in the show notes for today's episode. So enough of all these announcements, let's get to our show for today. And thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone. I am really excited to have our guest back, Mart Pitstick. Last time I talked to him was in 2018. I want you, if you haven't listened, to go back to episode 182. We had an amazing discussion. He is going to update us on what we spoke about two years ago. But uh, if you're not familiar with his work and you haven't listened to episode 182, let me introduce you to Mark. He is a multi-author counselor with a master's in clinical psychology, holistic chiropractic physician, frequent media guest, and workshop webinar teacher. He also attended theology school majoring in pastoral counseling and trained in suicide prevention. Mark directs the Soul Phone Foundation, founded Greater Reality Living Groups, and assists research for the Soul Phone Project. His mission is to help you know and show that no matter what is happening to you or around you, this earthly experience is a totally safe, meaningful, and and magnificent adventure in Miss Forever. Mark, welcome back. Thank you, April. I look forward to it. Yes, me too. So um, I'd like you to um, maybe just uh, give another overview, even though we were 
very excited to talk about this uh, project with the Soul Phone uh, Foundation. I think you guys were kind of in beta testing. It was just starting to form. Um, and I think that you have a lot more to share. But I don't want to assume that all of our audience has already listened to episode 182. So maybe you can just give our audience a little bit of background of how this project got started, what's been going on in two years, and give me the research, what you found, and what's been happening. So we have three hours, right? Um, (laughs) All the time you need. It's a huge project. It's a huge vision and so much great news as we were discussing. So uh, I will I will start to introduce and then so it's just not a monologue. Feel free to break in, ask questions. Uh, first of all, I want your listener viewers to understand that uh, this is what I'm going to be discussing based on scientific evidence and not only scientific, but replicated studies controlled studies, published in peer-reviewed scientific journals. These are all the gold standard for scientific research. And we are about to launch uh, replicated studies, multi-center studies at six different universities, institutes, and uh, private laboratories. Uh, Dr. uh, Schwartz wrote an article in the journal Explore, and so uh, your audience can visit sciencedirect.com and then type in his name, Gary E. Schwartz, PhD, to see an abstract of the Explore journal. However, he's writing now the seminal papers on version two, which he hopes to land in Frontiers in Psychology, which describes all the experiments. So, as you know, we live in an age where uh, People state just about anything with little or no evidence behind it. And that's why we're taking such pains to make sure that what we're stating is based on solid evidence. Dr. Schwartz just finished a book with an attorney, Alan Borey, called The Case for Truth. And he's completing a book called Extraordinary Claims Require Extraordinary Evidence, which was a statement by Dr. Carl Sagan. Um, <clears throat> so your your audience can be assured of that. I mentioned Dr. Schwartz about 20 times already, <laughs> and it's important to understand his credentials. First of all, he works with a team at the University of Arizona at the Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health, and he has a team of electrical engineers, software specialists, optical physicists, evidential mediums, and we'll talk more about what that term means later, and other experts. Dr. Schwartz is a, a prodigy. He had two near-death experiences when he was a child, and I, my theory is that that opened his control valve a bit on his brain and allowed him to see more of reality than the average person. Uh, but there was also genius in his lineage. His dad had a master's degree in Columbia University. You know, in that generation, Dr. Schwartz is 76 now, so that was rare for someone of his father's generation to have that kind of high uh, education. Whatever the reasons, he just excelled. Uh, Undergrad in Cornell, master's degree in clinical psychology from Harvard, PhD in psychophysiology from Harvard, Harvard professor, tenured Yale professor, and then the last 30 years at the University of Arizona as a senior professor where he's conducted this research. He's written over 450 scientific papers, which is a huge number, even for 
full-time, lifelong scientist. So yeah. uh, your listeners can be sure that what you're about to hear is the real deal. So <clears throat> um, first of all, Dr. Schwartz started um, 20 years ago doing research on evidential mediums. He, by the way, was one of three or four people who started the field of behavioral medicine. I mean, that was huge, and that's what he does. He launches fields, and then he moves on to something else. He's an expert in lie detection, for example. Well, about 20 years ago, he wanted to tackle the field of consciousness studies. Is there really an afterlife, what's called afterlife survival or consciousness survival? And he reasoned that the best way to get into that was to study mediums. He, from his personal experience, knew that some mediums were highly evidential, and some were very mediocre, and some were outright frauds. So he did double and even triple-blinded research, and this is all described in his book, The Afterlife, in which he um, did these experiments. The mediums were in separate rooms from the subjects. The subjects were brought in through a back way, so the mediums had no way of knowing whether it was a male or a female, what age, etc. Also, even he didn't know who the medium, who the subjects would be. This is all blind. That's what double and triple blind means. Uh, so point is, he had other scientists, magicians, and videographers observe every aspect of the research, and no one could find any flaws in his methodology. He found about 20 mediums who had a very high, around 90% success rate, what they call a hit rate. <clears throat> and his control group, because everything he does works with controls, was 23%. You know, someone like me who's not a medium is just kind of guessing. So statistically speaking, that's beyond astronomical for a subgroup to get 90% or so accuracy. Well, that was very good evidence then, not proof, but evidence that indeed at least some person survived bodily death. And what happened after that, April, was very interesting. He became colleagues and friends with about 10 of the mediums. They started feeding him independently bits of information that were the same. For example, several of them said, I keep hearing from Albert Einstein. He keeps telling us that you need to create technology so they can have a voice, so they can communicate. He said, all right, I'm willing, but... You know, where do I start? That's a daunting process. Sidebar, three top scientists, Thomas Edison, uh, Marconi, inventor of the radio, and um, Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the phone, all tried to invent technology in their time to communicate with those who had passed on but failed because, you know, they didn't have the technology we have available now. Uh, so these mediums started feeding him bits of information. And it's really funny. We'll share all this in a book someday and probably also a movie. Uh, we're working with several uh, producers on that. Uh, because these poor mediums, they'll go, Gary, I don't even know if these are damn words. You know, we're supposed to inhibit the capacitance and upramp the impedance. <laughs> like, is this even English? And Gary will say, <laughs> It's exactly what I need to hear right now at the stage of research I'm doing. Uh, so over the last 11 years, he has worked with seven different ways to measure the presence of spirit. 
and I don't think we have time to go through this, but uh, maybe some other time, uh, basically to measure their light, their electromagnetic field, their solidity, their density, their physicality, uh, their, their appearance, capturing, their <clears throat> capturing them visually, capturing their voice, their sound. I'll just share a bit about this uh, because this is what got me into the project. Uh, four years ago, uh, Dr. Schwartz was a chairperson of the group Eternia, Eternia.org, and I was the vice president. This is a group started by Evan Alexander, uh, the neurosurgeon, and John Audet to merge science and spirituality. Well, Dr. Schwartz and I really hit off. It was apparent we were kindred spirits. We were teaching some of the same things. It's like we were members on the same team and we were just meeting. Um, so he sent his latest experiment to everyone on the Eternia team. And when I saw it, I got tears in my eyes, lump in my throat, you know, pressure of my chest, all the signs of chakra activation are for me signs that I'm on the right path. And the experiment was sound, measuring the sound. So if you can picture this, we have a, a soundproof chamber like an audiologist uses. It's wrapped in copper foil, so it's a Faraday cage. It's fairly impervious to electromagnetic field fluctuations. It has a sound-dampening floor or vibration-dampening floor, and it's in a room with no heating or cooling ducts, so temperatures remains constant. You understand we have to keep as many variables constant as possible, so any difference we see versus a control group, we can more reliably say this is due to, quote, spirit. Inside the chamber is a huge three-foot plexiglass sound collector inside a very expensive microphone. Now, the control was nobody's in the booth, nobody's in the room, what you expect, dead silence. And the microphone is hooked up to a computer and also an oscilloscope that would show just the most minor variations if there's any sound. So flatline like an EEG, EKG. Then... One of the evidential mediums went to the booth and just whispered nine words to a cadence, one every second. And indeed, the oscilloscope registered a peak of amplitude every time she said one of these words. Then one of the A-team, that is one of the post-material luminaries, one of the spirit helpers, team members, we'll talk more about that later, uh, came into the booth and screamed into the mic because... Hello, they're coming from another dimension. You know, they're in another realm, however you want to describe it. So he's screaming, and indeed, the oscilloscope showed blips for each one of those words. Now, it wasn't as high in amplitude as a human, but it was very highly statistically significant over the control. Um, those nine words, you may be wondering, speaking for the A-team, this group of about 30 luminaries, although we're told that for every one of them, there are hundreds more waiting in the wings want to help. So we're talking about the top, the cream of the crop on Earth, inventors, scientists, educators, responsible leaders, and so on. So speaking for them, these nine words they wanted to convey to us were, we are here to help you heal your world. And when I heard that, <clears throat> I knew I had to contact him. Well, my fiance and I were going to Arizona soon, and 
I thought I'd give him a call, but Dr. Schwartz is hugely busy, hugely popular, all kind of conferences and so on. I said, no way he'll you know, have time for lunch. He um, accepted. He said, I'd love to. And during lunch, asked me to be the spokesperson then for all this work to get the word out. And what a cool job. You know, it's kind of like yeah. um, Paul Revere going around, but really good news. Hey, you don't really die. There's life after death. Uh, so those are the different experiments. And the final one was what we call the electronic soul switch. All of the ones I alluded to earlier, none of them were commercializable. They were too huge. They were too expensive. I mean, one of them where we measured the ability of post-material persons to slow down a photon beam was on a table eight foot long and cost $100,000 worth of all this equipment. So all along, the goal has always been to provide a, a widely affordable uh, device. If someone can afford a cell phone, they should be able to afford a soul phone. Uh, so questions at this point before I continue? Oh, like, yeah, we do need three hours. I have a ton. Um I would kind of like to go back a little bit and explore about those seven things that you're able to measure um, about the person's, I, I didn't write them all down because I was like, you know, just listening. But the one, I think the very first one that you said was like there, the light of the person that is deceased. And then like the other thing that's going through my mind right now is just this whole concept that we're consciousness and then I'm jumping to reincarnation and does what happens with that light and does it stay here or does it inhabit another body or is really, you know, the people in my life that have died, are they just these beams of light and maybe they're not bringing their light into another physical body. So I want to know about this light, I guess, to begin sure. with. Sure. I think there were about 14 questions in there. Yeah, I'll see if yes, I can recall it. <laughs> Uh, first of all, the um, it's called the dynamical interferometer, uh, which is a box within a box within a box. This was a $60,000 piece of equipment. So it was a totally blackened environment. And inside the innermost chamber was a very sensitive light sensor that has to operate in a minus 35 degree sleeve. It can detect a single photon of light. So the control group was nobody's in the room, no one's invited to enter the chamber. It's about as big as a suitcase. And um, the results were what you expect, pure blackness. Then one of the mediums would invite one of the 18 members to enter the chamber. Now, whether it's their entire body, their hand, we don't have the ability to ask them and get accurate answers yet. But whatever the case, when they were invited in, a beam of light immediately appeared. Then they would be requested, please move from left to right. Please move from right to left. Please exit the chamber. Please re-enter the chamber. And it was like clockwork. It was like having a trained pony or something. And yet, how are you going to commercialize that? So the reason I brought up the different experiments, it demonstrated, again, some of the characteristics of post-material persons. So address your question. It's an excellent one. Yes, we are beings of energy, consciousness, information. Those are the, the words. Awareness is another, we would say. However, as you know, the, the electrical cable that comes to your house, 
can then allow different kinds of electronic instruments to work. You know, so your TV and sound system and lights and so on. Well, likewise, the energy that is us can manifest in different ways. There's some good evidence in um, that we can multilocate. We have parallel reality um, possibilities, and we can address that more if you want. But the that consciousness or energy can manifest in different ways. Michael Newton, for example, founder of Lies Between Lives, author of Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls, found in his work with over 35,000 people from around the world that on average, only about 20 to 30 percent of our call it soul's energy, is needed for an earthly incarnation. The rest is perhaps experiencing other facets of the field of all possibilities in different times and places, in formed or formless ways, and part of it perhaps never leaves home. By the way, this is part of the reassurance I give to bereaved parents and people have had a spouse pass and so on. I say, I know it's horrible, and I know it seems like you had a loss, but there's a very good chance that you two are soulmates, speaking in terms that we usually have 25 or so primary and more secondary and tertiary soulmates. There's a very good chance you two are together right now in another realm and set all this up for the growth and service opportunities therein. Uh, so if, if people can expand their view, and that's why we started, Dr. Schwartz and I wrote the book, Greater Reality Living. Greater reality being the term for all that exists, the totality of reality. That's one of the uh, metaphors I mentioned he and I use similarly. His was that if all the light and energy that exists in our world, and fundamentally that's the best description of reality, you understand that we're not really solid, physical, separate beings. So if all the light and energy that exists in our world were the height of the Empire State Building, the portion that the average human can perceive with their five senses would be the height of a cone of paint. I mean, it's just a shocking statistic, but it's based on, you know, Lynn McTaggart did a, a survey of quantum physicists describing her book, The Field, and they came up with a similar one. All the light and energy were the size of Mount Everest. The portion the average human could perceive would only be the size of a golf ball. So that alone solves all sorts of mysteries for people. It's as though we've been walking around looking through this tiny pinhole, and then we wonder why things don't make sense. How could God allow that? You know, why is life so unfair? It's not. It's just that we've been seeing a microfraction of the totality of life. So greater reality, all that exists, much more than we can perceive, and greater reality living, how then might different people choose to live? And it'll be different, you know, for each person. But how we choose to live when we realize that. And it'll be a lot like near-death experiences. Other people have had spiritually transformative experiences. Uh, they usually have a great increase in joy, peace, love, serving others, decreased in excess of materialism, etc. Wow. Uh, so your, your loved ones, to, to wrap this up, yes, they're beings of light. But they can also manifest, for example, when you pass on, they'll be right there looking like grandma and grandpa or your dog, the pastor, whoever, just as you need to see them as you're comfortable. And then later on, when you're getting it, that we're these uh, multi-location beings, then they can appear however they're most comfortable. 
Okay. So when the mediums were asking questions of these luminaries, move into the box, move out of the box, left to right, right to left, was it instantaneous or was there a delay and a pause after the medium asked the question for that light to be able to move or was it pretty instantaneous? Yeah, that's a great question. And I actually don't know. I haven't asked that. Uh, I'm curious why you ask. Because I'm curious to know how quick the communication really is happening. Because, like, I'm asking you a question, you hear it right away, and there's a direct answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when we're trying to communicate with our deceased loved ones in this 3D reality, sometimes it feels like, you know, people might say, oh, you know, mom, give me a sign. And nothing happens. But maybe, like, you know, a a week later. Yeah, I thought you meant like totally instantly. If there's any delay, we're only talking a few seconds. Um, For example, I did witness the electromagnetic radiation measurement uh, experiments. There's a sensor that measures electromagnetic fields. You understand that our brain produces its own field. The heart actually generates the biggest, which can extend out 20 feet or more. Well, likewise, these post-material persons those who have passed have electromagnetic energy and field. And so it's on a big screen TV and it's showing what is detected by this sensor. So again, nobody's in the room, flat line, nothing. Then Dr. Schwartz, and, and I can share this because it's been published, uh, the primary A-team member that worked with him on this experiment was Harry Houdini. It turns out that those who are the most dynamic, vocal, energetic, powerful while they're on Earth, they carry those characteristics into the next phase of forever, and they're able then to make their appearance known. So he he told me beforehand, Harry and I have a signal. If it's him, he's to show, well, first of all, I have to describe on this computer screen, it had four... Uh, lines along the y-axis and we say the first quadrant we call it a single the next the double next triple home run and then if it goes beyond that we call it out of the park home run we're both baseball fans (laughs) so his signal with harry was to give two doubles two within the second uh, layer uh, um, very close together So this was in my office. I I spent about three or four months at the University of Arizona uh, doing research there. And, yeah, I've been watching this crazy thing, just nothing, pretty much nothing. Um, And so all of a sudden he says, Harry, are you there? Two big jumps. And again, same thing, you know, hair standing on end of my arms and, uh, you know, just, You think you know how real all this is, and you see things like that. Like, oh my God, this is really real. You know, just like Demi Moore in the movie Ghost, seeing the penny flow. Uh, and then he would say, "Okay, Harry, can you hit a home run?" And there would be a pause. And Gary's theory is that Harry was bolstering his energy to make this huge um, appearance of electromagnetic field from another realm. And sure enough, wham, here's this huge spike in the fourth quadrant. Uh, so my, even though I don't know exactly, my um, understanding is that for that for that light, there would be just a few seconds between the time they're requested 
and the time they would manifest, a very short period of time. Okay. Now, so when I hear that, then I have another thought that says, how do we know that it really is Houdini or a luminary and not Gary Schwartz's own consciousness, like a biofeedback machine, creating that spike to happen? You're in the right field. That's a great question to ask. And uh, it's one that needs to be addressed, and it has been. And that is through experiments where no one was in the lab. This is all computer generated. The computer, there's, um, um, oh crap, the, um, I forget the term of term for it right now, but a random generator of time. So Dr. Schwartz sets things up, but the computer generates a time when this will start, sometime in the middle of the night. Dr. Schwartz is home asleep. He doesn't know if it's starting at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. The computer will come on and request one of the 18 members to come in and participate in the experiment. So it's very difficult to say that Dr. Schwartz's mind is controlled uh, or is involved. Better than that, though, and we just recently can complete another series of these double-blind studies where the mediums would invite the 18 members to go to one of two labs. Neither Dr. Schwartz nor myself knew who was going where on what night. So again, virtually impossible for our consciousness to, it, it's the question of experimenter bias. And uh, so that's been well addressed. And Dr. Schwartz has a team of uh, scientists he calls the uh, Friendly Devil, Devil's Advocates, FDA. And uh, uh, several of them are some of the highest ranking parapsychologists. And they're saying this question of consciousness-induced um, error has been addressed as much as it can be. Okay. All right. So we can measure the light, the electromagnetic field. What are some other things that you guys have measured in communicating? Their physicality. And that was demonstrated by, I mentioned, their ability to slow down, slow down a beam. That's either a photon beam or a laser beam. It goes from point A to point B. We know how long it takes. Then the control is just that. No one's interfering with the beam. Let's say it's one second, but it's much shorter than that. Then a plastic hand is, plexiglass hand, is introduced to the beam, and it will slow it down quite a bit. Then one of the 18 members is requested to put their hand through the beam because, remember, they have physicality or can upon demand, depending on who they're dealing with. They put their hand through, and the beam slows down, not as much as from the plexiglass hand, but very highly statistically more than the control group. By the way, the, this... Um, aspect of being able to manifest physically or not was perhaps best uh, described by Albert Einstein and then also David Bohm, B-O-H-M. A lot of people haven't heard him, but he's a, he was a colleague of Einstein's Princeton mathematician and quantum physicist. And they said that we are historical energy systems who can manifest how and when we want depending on our environment. So when researchers, for example, are working with them, they appear with their tweed jackets and vests and pipe and so on, because that's how we knew them. That's a way we can recognize them. But do they look like that all the time? 
I doubt it. In mm-hmm. fact, let's get to the molar location question because this is fascinating. And uh, Dr. Schwartz and I wrote about this in our book, Greater Reality Living. This occurred about two and a half years ago. I just finished four months of being in Tucson, working all day, every day, no pay. And um, so <clears throat> Dr. Schwartz and one of the uh, mediums agreed to let me ask any questions I wanted. Now, we we tried to, not tried to, we honor and value their time. So we had focused before that just on technology. So here's a chance that, I mean, what would you ask, you know, this team, Carl Sagan, Nikola Tesla, and others? My God, was <laughs> I was excited for weeks. <laughs> well, one of the questions I asked was, um, can you bilocate? You know, because that was the term I used at the time, be in two places at once. And the medium involved uh, reported they're they're laughing and they say, oh, yeah, you might say that. And I said, well, what are you saying? You could do more? Definitely. Ten places at once? Yes. Twenty? Thirty? I felt like an auctioneer at some point. Do I hear fifty? <laughs> they maxed out around a hundred. They said, yeah, we can we can be in 100 different places at the same time doing different functions or having different interactions. And that's what I thought. Okay. You know, nobody really wants to. Most people don't want to die and leave Earth. But when I do, I definitely want to be on that multi-location action. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you, Mark, with seeing all of this, right, and having these experiences and um, proof, I guess you could say, has it changed your consciousness here in this 3D reality? Are you um, just, I I would think just being able to see this happening in real time has to make you see life differently or maybe even um, explore other parts of this universe that you never did before this project came into your life. And And if you do look at it differently, what have you been doing with your consciousness that has shown you even more from personal experience that this is really true? Yeah. Well, I've been so busy with being the director of the Soul Foundation, founder and director of the Greater Reality Living Groups, and research assistant for the Soul Phone Project that I really haven't had much time or much of a life. However, it has deepened my knowing. I just turned 67 yesterday, and um, it's kind of shocking. I mean, I feel 30, and I feel like I felt when I was 30. I take really good care of myself. And uh, I'm periodically surprised when I look in the mirror and see my grandpa. And it doesn't seem real. And in a way, it's because it's not. You know, this is just the earthly shell. It's much less than 1% of who and what we really are. Uh, so I would say the biggest thing would be I was very much there before because, you know, I've been working on it since I was 19 years old working with lots of people who died. And that's why I decided to go to theology school and all that and read widely. But it has deepened my knowing. And Dr. Schwartz and I keep saying one day we're going to develop a tool to measure levels of knowing, levels of confidence that we don't really die and so on. The other interesting thing I've noticed is that over the last couple of years, I've gotten more and more people who said whether they saw me live or on a 
virtual presentation, uh, that they were healed or comforted or developed a high level of knowing just by watching me and hearing me. I didn't get that kind of feedback before. So I think my personal energy has gotten so, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but evolved, peaceful. When I was a kid, I was brought up in Lutheran church and the minister would end every service with the benediction. May the peace that passes all understanding fill your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And even as a kid, I thought the peace that passes all understanding. Wow, that that sounds like a really good thing. And that's something I want. Why well, I have that now. Um, <clears throat> fulfillment, peace, joy, love. And even about and even gratitude for all the things that happened to my life. Losses, you know, divorce, financial loss, heartbreak, first love, supposed failures. I can see now how all that has brought me to this moment and allowed me to do what I do. So I I wish that for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you don't look 67. That's for darn sure. Um, and I would say even though we're virtually, you know, seeing each other, um, I could attest to that. There is... And I've been in the presence of a few people like that, too, you know, where it's just you're around them and this piece comes over you or there's just something very comforting um, that comes through, I think, the eyes, per se. Um, you know, so I, I would I would agree with that, even though we are seeing each other virtually. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so another question that I had with some of these studies, it sounds like that you guys some, got some of the best evidential mediums. Our audience is familiar with uh, Suzanne Northrup. I believe she was a part of this project. Uh, we've interviewed her a couple of times. She's a, a, the medium and resident for the Afterlife Awareness Conference uh, that we filmed as well. So people can check her out if this is the first time you're hearing about her. Um, we've interviewed her a few times. But have you guys brought in regular average Joes, you know, people like me that have lost a family member to go in and try to communicate and ask questions and get responses, uh, not from these luminaries per se, but from actual deceased people? Great question. That's part of the future plans, but not yet because, and we kind of got away from these experiments. What we're working on right now is the soul switch specifically electronic souls, which because of all those ways I mentioned, as I said, none of them are commercializable, affordable for the masses. However, the one that is, is called electronic switch. And people can envision this. Uh, if you remember experiment probably did in grade school, where you had a light bulb, a battery and two wires coming off the battery. And the wires, both the wires had to be connected to the base of the light bulb for it to light up. That's called a closed circuit. Well, <clears throat> we use a similar approach to measure the, the ability of post-material persons to close a circuit. And so we have an open circuit. It's very much more sophisticated than that, of course. The, um, their energy is uh, captured by what's called a picoammeter which measures up to one millionth of a volt. So that's how sensitive this equipment is. But indeed, when asked, for example, and say, um, to verify, we have a personal identification test where we ask a person 12 different questions, detailed questions that most people wouldn't know. 
you know, is this the city you were born in? For example, Nikola Tesla, um, somewhere in, I forget, Serbia. And, you know, what was your birth date? What was your death date? What was your mother's name? And so on. So the computer screen will show and also ask verbally, uh, was your mother's name Duca? Which should be a yes for Nikola, but a no for everyone else. Well, they can answer a yes by touching the device and closing the circuit. And a no would be keeping their hand in their lap. So this is what we're working on now. The We have um, had some technological breakthroughs to allow us to miniaturize it. So it's probably going to be the size of two cell phones put together. This should give us 99% accuracy, instantaneous yes-nos, highly reliable. And when we have that and we're getting we needing some funding for that because it's very expensive but because it requires a clean room for example that costs a quarter million dollars but when we have this electronic soul switch then it's a relatively simple electrical engineering task to assemble 40 of those and have the soul keyboard which will be about four foot wide three foot deep however it would allow us to text and type with those living in another realm that will then open the floodgates and allow us an unprecedented amount of quality and quantity of information for them. Because up to now, the, the switch has only been about 80% accurate. So we can't go with that because for every four answers are accurate, it could be one wrong. We don't know which is which. Same way with mediums. Even the very best, you mentioned one of them uh, with Suzanne Northrup, um, they have off days. And sometimes they're tapped in the monkey mind, so they're not 100%. Well, this keyboard then will allow so much information to allow us to move forward then with soul voice, phone, and then soul video, which is exactly what we're doing now. Be able to see and hear, hopefully in 3D holographic image eventually. Yeah, that blows my mind. And how close do you think you guys are to this? I mean, it really just feels like this is such a huge breakthrough. And you, when you think about all the stuff that Tesla did and now like the advancements, like are you guys going to be the the forefathers or the founders of this? And, you know, maybe 300 years from now it's going to develop? Or do you feel that you're really close to actually getting this off the ground in this lifetime? Yeah, if we receive funding today and – yeah, you know, there are a couple possibilities. Uh, Dr. Schwartz and I are meeting this afternoon uh, with a, a fellow who has, he's both electrical engineer and a software specialist. And it's very rare to find someone who's a genius level in both those fields. Uh, with proper funding, he could have it within a year. Um, so it can happen very quickly. It's, it's not going to be a long, long, drawn-out thing. Now, I don't know if this is manipulation or not, but have you guys thought about going in the box and talking to the luminaries and say, can you bring us the funding? Can you bring us the people that need to work with us? You know, I think about synchronicity and paths crossing and, um, you know, if some people will pray or some people will ask for guidance or elicit the help of the non-physical beings. Have you guys done that? Yeah, there's so many aspects to this project, and you're asking wonderful questions. I don't know if uh, anyone has taken the time and just sat down. I have to ask some of our top mediums 
if they've encouraged that. Then there's, you know, a complimentary question is, have we contacted the living relatives of some of our A-team members who passed fairly recently, even in the last 20 or 30 years? Uh, And the answer is no for that, because we want to have the multi-center studies in place at the other universities and this seminal paper uh, before we then reach out. But after that, and that should be the end of this year, after that, Dr. Schwartz will be comfortable as a scientist to shout up from the rooftops and contact family members and say, this may sound crazy, but there's a lot of evidence for it. We've been working with your loved one for you know the last 12 years, and you know we want to let you know that. And here's some information from him or her to verify that. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I'm just thinking about intent, right? Intent moves consciousness. I don't know if you would agree with that statement. Yes. And so, focuses, you know, I'm, yeah, focuses, focus. intensifies. Focus. Mm. So again, I mean, I'm just thinking like if you and Gary sat down and with really strong focus and intent and asking, you know, the help of the non-physical beings, like bring us the money. You want this to happen? You want to communicate with us? You know, bring us, bring us the money, bring us the people, um, make the connection. Show us the money. Yeah. Show me the money. (laughs) Um, why not? You know, I mean, it sounds kind of basic, but at the same time, it's like if you have access and people are, these luminaries are willing and looking to communicate, um, it seems like the funding and stuff feels more of like this uh, this reality type of, of challenge where, you know, how many people have I talked to about manifestation and law of attraction and using the rules of the universe to create the reality that you want? You know, what would be, and I'm not saying that there is a blockage, but, you know, how do we, how do we speed up that period of time when you have people that can manifest that Lamborghini that they want, you know, um, in, in a year's time. So I don't know. Well, I appreciate it. I just made a note. Uh, so we'll talk about it in our next available meeting. And, uh, if that happens, we'll call one of the devices, the April. (laughs) I like the ring of that. (laughs) That sounds great. So if there are people listening, um, is there any way that, you know, people like myself, maybe it's not a lot of money, but it's 25 bucks and 25 bucks can go somewhere. I mean, how do people donate to this project? How do they get involved? Um, how can we help you to raise money? Yeah, thank you. Very simply, visit the website soulphone.org, and then one of the top tabs is Get Involved. And then they'll see it's uh, members and uh, donations. And the nice thing is we start off at $5 a month, very affordable, and people who donate that get a free ebook of Greater Reality Living. And then it increases $10 a month, $20 a month. Uh, finally, to $10,000, one-time donation. And these people get an incredible list. So at each level, there's gifts, books, audio products, um, our consult with me, evidential medium readings, uh, attendance to our upcoming probably late January 2021, what we call seed events, where we'll be doing public demonstrations of all this. Hope Sessions, which will be the first individual client sessions 
where they can ask questions of their, quote, departed loved one and get yes and no answers. Um, lunch with Dr. Schwartz and a tour of the lab. I mean, there's all these. In fact, we've had a number of people donated five or 10,000, and they're like, we feel like we're ripping you guys off. You know, I'm, we're getting so many gifts. This is too much, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we appreciate people helping. And as I mentioned, I get paid nothing. Uh, my uh, foundation team of 20 different people, they're all volunteers. And Dr. Schwartz has not received a penny for all this. He is a professor and gets his income that way. But there's been no... Uh, income from all this so far. So it's definitely a labor of love. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I'm praying to the money gods for you guys, and I'm just going to keep sending that force out there. Um, cause I know, you know, Mike and I, same, same thing here with PAP 11, it's a labor of love and, you know, we're, we're doing it because we just, we love the work and if money comes in great. And if not, we're going to keep going. So I appreciate that. Um, before we end, I wanted to go back to your mission, which is to help and show people that no matter what is happening to you or around you, this earthly experience is a totally safe, that's an interesting word, meaningful and magnificent adventure in Miss Forever. So I know that you're doing that through this work, but that is a really just solid statement to really want to show and help people to know that no matter what is going on in this tough life that we're leading as human beings, that it's safe and meaningful. Those are two very powerful words, I think, that you chose as a mission statement. So I'd like to just hear a little bit more about your conviction about that. And um, Well, first of all, I can't claim authorship. Um, one morning I was awakening and I was aware that a saying that I felt was really important had been going around and around in my head. And so as soon as I, I wanted to capture it, as soon as I woke up, I, I caught the last go around of it, you know, for you say, oh, it's, you know, it's morning and I'm Mark Pittstick and all that. Um, and I wrote it down and that's what it was. So this knowing stems from understanding more about the greater reality. In other words, if we think that, you know, I'm really a 67-year-old guy, then, you know, how many years do I have left? 20, 25? And, you know, bald, gray hair, you know, it's just, it's part of it. And if you think that's all there is to life, or, you know, when a, a child passes or a loved one passes, you think it's horrible. I mean, I, every day I get many emails from people around the world, and they'll say, I lost my wife of 33 years. And I want to say, no, you didn't. You know, loss is something like when you lose your watch or your billfold, you never see it again. But we know from their death experiences that we have reunions with our loved ones when we pass on. We know through evidential mediums that you can have visits with them. I developed what's called the facilitated after death communication technique. Uh, it's described in article number nine at my website, soulproof.com, which uses deep relaxation and allow a person to turn off their brain and then perceive what is right there with them. Uh, so when we expand our worldview, when we learn who we really are, why we're here, who walks beside us always, 
then we know we're free. And then that's when we realize we're safe. Let's break those words down. Uh, in my book, Soul Proof, I say, all right, here's a uh, multiple, here's a question. Which one would kill your soul more? A, a 38 caliber pistol shot to the head. B, a long-range sniper rifle shot you know, that shoots your soul. Uh, C, a nuclear missile that hits your soul. You know, I forget what the fourth one was. And the question and the answer is none of the above. Uh, yeah. None of the above, right. Yeah, your soul, your energy can't be destroyed. So it's totally safe. Now, I mean, that's why gurus and religious teachers have taught us to not be overly identified with this physical body in this time on earth. The more we are, then the more we suffer. But when we know that this time on earth is just a blink of an eye in the span of eternity, and we're much more than we can imagine, and we're so loved and an integral part of source energy right now, that's when we can relax and enjoy every day. Um, I live in southern Ohio and am blessed by having a couple friends who are Native American teachers. And they tell me that Native Americans had no word for the concept of fear. When they met European settlers, uh, they heard about fear and they're like, we don't understand. What is there to fear? Every day is a walk in the woods with Wonka Tonka, great spirit. If I get killed or lose an arm or a leg or a loved one, it's okay. It's all that you know. We we are all interconnected. We have this sacred web. So they trusted the great mystery of life and honored it. Um, then fast forward to how many people are here today. So that's why it's so important to take a little time, watch shows like yours, educate oneself about what's going on, man. What's what's life about? And then that's when we know that it is safe no matter what happens to us. It's meaningful, like I mentioned before, and I'm sure you're old enough to have seen that some things happen. You're like, why did that happen? That's horrible. That's worse. And then 10 years later, you're like, oh, I see now. Oh, that's really that a blessing. Sense. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then magnificent. I mean, it's just, it's really magnificent. You go out on a starry night and look at the stars and and you understand the vastness and the beauty of that. And again, we each are individual parts of that and important parts. Well, Mark, thank you so much. I, I enjoyed so much two years ago speaking to you. I enjoy it even more now. And I hope that we continue to touch base. Hopefully it's not going to be in two years. You know, maybe we can meet up and have a date once a year uh, through the podcast or maybe even twice a year to kind of hear what's going on with this, because our, this is one of these projects that I really want to continue to track and follow and hear about the great discoveries. And uh, we had Gary on the podcast as well and a couple of other people that I've worked with him and it's it's exciting it's phenomenal work um, you know love what you did you gave us so many resources we'll be sure to write down some of those extra websites those books in the show notes we'll put those in there for our listeners as well 
And uh, yeah, so just uh, keep in touch and let us know when when the money rains in. And hopefully our listeners will uh, dig in their pockets. $5 a month, guys. It's a little bit less than the Starbucks coffee. Um, so our listeners are great. Uh, I know that they will definitely be making some donations. So I hope Good. every little bit counts. It does. And again, that's soulphone.org slash get involved. Well, thank you for everything you're doing, and I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this week's show. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you to listen to our new podcast, Mindbenders. Visit mindbenderspodcast.com to hear my dad's synchronistic story. I hope it'll bend your mind about Jimi Hendrix. Then submit your story if you think it can bend our minds. Also be sure to check out the video replays of the 2020 Virtual Afterlife Conference. We have over 17 hours of amazing presenters exploring the survival of consciousness after death, working with hospice professionals, physicians, mediums, clergy, counselors, and alternative healers to offer a deeper understanding of death and beyond.